الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما كثيرا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله قد تقاتل ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We send peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam upon his family and those who follow them until the end of time uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in numerous places in the Quran He uses very universal type language that allows us to, to appreciate how the Qur'an is everlasting miracle. The great jurist Sayyidina Imam al-Shaltibi, rahimahullah, in his muwafaqat, he said, you know, it's one of the beautiful miracles of revelation. And it's a sign of its everlasting application that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many places would use what are known as like universals instead of particulars. For example, all of us know, and perhaps how many times a day do we all say, لا يكلف الله نفساً إلا وسعها. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden a person more than they can handle. And if we look like through our history, we find that a large number of the ulum, the religious sciences, actually were founded on these general principles. For example, fiqh, or solo fiqh, you know, we have so many what are called qawaid al-fiqiyah and qawaid al-usuliyah. Those foundations of fiqh guide actions. Those foundations of usul guide the rule. So, for example, the statement hardship brings ease. This is an axiom extracted by legal theorists that encapsulates a large number of religious universals, like the one I just gave, Another one is, for example, forgetfulness is forgiven. As the Prophet said in hadith, So we can see the, the application of these principles in everything from someone not being able to pay the fee that they owe, someone suffering from Alzheimer's, you name it, you can take these principles and apply them to an infinite number of things. That's why they're called al-qawaid. Allah says in the Quran, فَعِبْرَاهِمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ When Ibrahim and his son Ismail laid the foundations, so the foundations of the Kaaba, metaphorically is something that an infinite number of thoughts can be scaffolded onto these principles. 
Unfortunately, there is an area of Islamic studies, and we have to appreciate something, that the last real science that was invented and developed in the Muslim world was called Ilm al-Wada. This happened in the 8th century, century Hijri, subhanAllah, if we can scoop forward. So 800 years after the migration of the Prophet Again, if we can scoot forward, inshallah, please. You can scoot up here too. MashaAllah, I don't bite. <laughs> I don't know, we'll find out. <laughs> but the last real development in Islamic theology as far as a sub-field happened, and wallahu alam, in the 8th century after the migration of the Prophet, some called it Ilm al-Wada. So you can imagine since that time, subhanAllah, there's been subtle attempts to create new sciences and new subsections of these foundational ulum. But al-asaf, thumma al-asaf, al-jamud, thumma al-jamud. You know, the Muslim ummah, especially as secularism and colonization happened in the Muslim world, and the corruption and decay that happened in the government, we find now that that has so much stalled. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mujaddideen. But subhanAllah, there is an important neglect to these principles that some later scholars started to develop and in more recent time at Al-Azhar, Dr. Hassan al-Shafi'i, mashallah, one of the great scholars, now he's 90 years old, subhanAllah, in Dara Ulum, he did his PhD, mashallah, in London also, began to rehash something that was touched on by a great scholar, Al-Amir al-Maliki, in Egypt, and that was to create foundational principles for Aqidah. Because what happened in Creed, as many of you know, uh, it became really a place just for polemics, whether intra-faith or interfaith. We find oftentimes that the presentation of Islamic Creed is not written in a way to inspire Muslims to project the ibadah of Allah in their lives, but to simply become on a team. And this creates, of course, the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, who warns us that when you leave ingenuity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause al-qulubukum that your hearts tadribu ba'dun ba'da, your hearts will fight each other. And this is the outcome of a stale, uh, corrupt uh, community that lacks ingenuity. It can only fight and find power over its romantic past. So, what we'd like to talk about in the next few weeks, inshallah, when I come, is some of those foundational principles of Aqidah that Imam al-Amir, he mentioned, especially as we go into 2020. And there's two or three strategic reasons for this. Number one is that a principle, as mentioned by the great scholar al-Qarafi, al-Maliki, he said, you know, that al-Qaidah, not the group for those who are recording, but Qaidah means a principle. <laughs> That al-Qa'idah here is an idea or a foundation that's supported through al-Istiqra. Istiqra is surveying the evidences and finding the ethos of the evidences to support certain principles whose applications cannot be restricted. So like, لا يكلف الله نفساً إلا Like we could apply that to the exams which we may have really worked hard for and then as we looked at the questions we're like, oh my gosh. I didn't prepare for this part. For those of us who are married, mashallah, we say this verse at least 2,000 times a day. Alhamdulillah. 
Sometimes we're dealing with our parents. And if you're me, you have an 18-year-old daughter, subhanAllah, every 30 seconds. And a son, so you see here the application. The point that Al-Amir and others and Dr. Hassan Shafi'i made now is that where is this study of Aqidah in this way? So that number one, Aqidah doesn't simply become the bastion of polemics and division, but it becomes an opportunity for me to insert Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any situation in my life. As Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقُوا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I didn't create jinn and men except لِيَعْرِفُونِي to know me. And as Allah says in the Quran, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ Allah is with us wherever we are. And of course we know that the height of iman and ta'budullah ka'annaka tara is to worship Allah as though you see Him. As one person told me recently who studied aqidah in a course, they said, you know, I left thinking, and tujadil akha muslim aynama tara. I thought that the fruit of studying theology was that I could argue with fellow Muslims wherever I see them. Not that I can worship Allah wherever I see Him. So the first is, that allows me to see the bigger picture and live a life of faith in an infinite number of settings. The second is that it buttresses us and protects us from the tides of postmodernity and secularism who seek to erode the voice of religion from different areas of life. As Dr. Harvey Cox from Harvard, he wrote a brilliant book called The Secular City. He said the failure of religious communities is that they have fled from secular spaces and an empty chair can't speak for you. So in the name of piety, perhaps we mute the voice, the khitab of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we can't complain if we're not involved. And then the third, of course, is that principles make evaluation easier. As Maslow, he talked about in his at Bloom and his taxonomy, the ability to evaluate is the sign of a strong intellect. And this was brilliantly noted by Ahmed Zarouk, Sheikh al-Islam, and we taught last winter here uh, the Qawa'id al-Tasawwuf, and this year, inshallah, we're going to be reading from Ibn Juzay's tafsir on January 9th. But he said, إِسْنَادُ الشَّيْلِ أَصْلِي وَالْقِيَامُ فِيهِ بِدَلِيلِهِ الْخَاصِ يَدْفَعُ قَوْلًا مُنْكِرُ بِحَقِيقَتِهِ He says something beautiful. He said, your ability to group any idea that you have or any action that you want to undertake in the principles of Islam is the ease and then establishing it as it grows and it, it becomes complex, finding specific evidences to support those complexities is the greatest way to mute the critics of what you're doing. But the beauty of what Zaruk just did is he showed us the matrix and the formula for Ihsan, li living a life for Allah. It's number one, Isnad al-Shayn, al-Fikr, al-Amal, li-Asli. It's to making sure that what I want to do is not just because I'm impulsive and I feel it's right. I'm able to root it in the pure, pure water of the Sharia. And then establish it with specific evidences is the greatest way to protect myself from anyone who would try to refute me. So let's talk today, we're going to mention three over the next few months, major principles of Aqqa. Which has been neglected, subhanAllah. If you look at the books of Usul, you'll always find how many verses of the Quran mention the principles of Usul 200, some say 600, Sayyidina Al Ghazali said 325. But it's very difficult to find scholars that will say how many principles of Islamic faith are found in the Quran. 
so let's take a few because as we go into 2020, and we have to remember that we are a creed with a community, not a community with a creed. And oftentimes we confuse this. We think that we're a community, it has Diet Coke, it has Yeezys, it has Hulu, it has whatever, and it has a creed. No, we are a creed that has blessed us to be part of its community. And the first is what's really noted by some theologians, especially from Al-Azhar recently, as the principle that human beings are honored by God. This is a foundation of our belief. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the 17th chapter of the Quran, وَلَقَدَ Adam." He says, we honor people. We honor the children of Adam. This honor actually is found, if we can scoot forward again, now, mashallah, I cannot go back anymore. So, mashallah, incredible to see so many people. May Allah bless you. Don't be shy, be liberal. Scooting forward, inshallah. Well done. Yalla, brothers, come on, man. Gonna have to do like the old school mosques where they have guys watching the rows. If you don't scoot forward, you will be scooted forward. Allah says, وَلَقَدَ كَرَّمْنَا بَانِ آدَمُ وَحَمَلْنَاهُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ Allah says that we honored all people. The honor that Allah has bestowed upon human beings is the honor of great potential. We don't believe in original sin, we believe in original potential. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah explains this honor that He bestowed upon women and men. When he mentions the creation of Adam, with قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَائِرٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he created Adam. Allah says, فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتَهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِ Allah says in Surah Al-Hijr, and when I have shaped him, when I have breathed life into him, فَقَعُوا لَهُ سَاجِدًا fall into prostration to him, speaking to the, the angels. فَسَجَلُوا مَلَائِكَةُ كُلُّهُمْ أَجْمَعُونَ إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونَ مَعَ السَّاجِدِينَ Except, of course, Iblis. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this human being, and He commanded the malaika to fall into prostration to this human being, ihtiraman لِمَقَانِ out of showing us respect and honor that we should have for one another. Imam al-Mawardi, the great political theorist and scholar of the Ummah, the 5th century genius, he mentions about Allah creating human beings as the Khalifa, three opinions. And all three he uses to show the honor and respect that we should have for people. Number one is the statement of Sayyidina Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, who said that the earth was previously occupied by jinns by demons, and they corrupted the earth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created human beings. That's why Allah says, لا تفسيروا الأرض بعد إصلاحها Don't corrupt the earth after we <coughs> sent you to make it pure. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third opinion is the statement of Al-Hasan al-Basri. MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our brothers in Iraq and sisters in Iraq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring them stability and peace. Al-Hasan al-Basri who said that 
human beings, Allah created them that they will succeed one another like child, father, child, father. And then of course is the statement, the famous statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, who mistakenly people say was created by Sayyid But this is not the statement of Sayyid This is the statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. There's nothing more disgusting than fanaticism in a religion, where we're unable to be constructively critical and thoughtful because we're blinded by partisanship or sheikh allegiance or imam allegiance or anything like that. We should emancipate ourselves from those things. We'll talk about that in the future. But Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made human beings the khalifa in order to establish justice on earth and to be the extension and of course, of the hukum of Allah fi ardi. That's their job to administrate and of course, manage the earth in a way which is pleasing to God. This is the statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Dawood inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ard, fahkum bayna nasi bil haq. Allah, when He spoke to Sayyidina Dawood, He said, We have made you the khalifa. So judge between people with truth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the end of Surah Al-Hadid, as Imam Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah mentions, identifies the main purpose of sending prophets and books when he says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلَنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ Indeed, we sent messengers with clear proofs. وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابُ وَالْمِيزَانِ And we sent with them the books and the mizan. Most ulama said the mizan is aql, reason. Others said al-mizan hu al-qiyas, is the ability to weigh things and understand things properly. لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْتِ And this is called لَامُ التَّعْلِيمِ Which means we sent prophets, we sent books, and we sent the intellect that we've given people in order that they can establish justice. So subhanAllah, as we move into 2020, and I like to ask people, they tell me, this is my political theory. I ask them, what's your political theology? And they have no answer. It's not their fault. When as a community, we are constantly fighting each other, or constantly having to project to defend ourselves outside, it's very difficult to have the time and the budget to think about crafting language which supports, mashallah, those people in the streets in different aspects of life. But what is an Islamic political theology? If we're going to move forward in 2020, now we find something extremely important. That Islam believes in the honor that belongs to all people as a faith position. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran oftentimes is mentioned by Al-Razi rahimahullahu ta'ala. He mentions very beautifully that there are contexts of the Quran where Allah is talking to the believers. But he does not refer to them as believers. He refers to them as humans. And you lose something in English. It's like 4K and like the old VHS 90s version. The meaning is there, but there's like, you know, the bakhlaba is not bakhlava bil It's the bakhlava bil You know, it's not the sweet that was made at home. It's the sweet that's made in the street. It's good, but it ain't quite there. And we find something, Allah says, 
آمن الناس in Surah Al-Baqarah he doesn't say آمن المؤمنون the people believed and what's lost in translation is that Alif and Lam here means the perfect example of people and the idea, and this was mentioned by Imam Dabili Muhammad, may Allah bless him, mashallah, now it's almost over 10 years since he passed away, Allah irhamu. That a man should lead faith in God and Tawheed in Allah should lead to the appreciation of the human species and the constant dedication to improve our character. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Shura, when he talks about belief, he talks about character. And this is also the way of Sayyidina Muhammad. This is a principle. Faith has to come with character. It's one of our major principles of faith. Allah says very beautifully, Allah says that we have advised you as we advise Noah, and Abraham, and Moses, and Isa, Jesus, that you should establish your religion, and you should not, the religion of God, and you should not divide yourselves. Character. And the Prophet said, Whoever believes in Allah in the last day should speak well and remain silent, should be good to the neighbors, should be good to their guests. So we see something here, something beautiful that now allows a lot of us, and this is what Al-Qarafi said, that someone who understands the principles of Islam will free themselves of have to, having to study the, the particulars of Islam. So now as you go back to work, if you're working, may Allah make it easy for you. As you go home with your family, SubhanAllah, or as you go home with friends or out with friends, you can think about what are the ways that I can insert this beautiful principle of Islamic faith into the different areas that I work social work, justice issues, if I'm a, a, a content creator, if I'm contributing to culture, if I'm a religious teacher, whatever. How do I now inject this principle into my life? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and bless you. Aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah wa lakum fastaghfiru innahu wa ghafurrahim. Alhamdulillah, Allah mentions in the 17th chapter of the Quran that we honored human beings and we blessed them. Uh, one of the great scholars, he said that this is the meaning of what Allah says very beautifully, you know, Swearing by all of the prophets because actually is Muhammad, Isa, and, and, and Sayyidina Musa. By the message of these three prophets, by adhering to the message of these three prophets who are strong like a mountain, who are pure like olive oil, and who are safe like the city of Medina, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, people will achieve Ahsan al-Taqweed. Now we understand the surah. Doesn't mean people are born perfect. It means people are born with good potential. Imam al-Muradi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, in his beautiful tafsir, and he was actually a statesman, he was a political theorist. He wrote a book on 
Islamic governance. Four volumes. He does something beautiful. And perhaps he didn't mean to do what we're talking about now, but he did it, mashallah. And that was that he's going to show us how do we take the principle of respecting people, all people, and then apply it to different components of our life. So he says about this verse of Surah Isra, indeed we have honored all people, men and women. He said, He said, in commenting on this, this has like seven different areas that I can think of. And then he begins to like plug it in to things that are important to his context. For example, he talks about the fact that human beings consume, and they consume in a way that's different than in animals, and different than other creatures. So subhanAllah, he said that's a sign of honor. Now I can inject that, inject that into being zero waste, thinking about my consumption. Now in this era, how do I think about what I buy? What do I spend? As the Prophet said, we'll be asked about how we earned it and how we spend it in our consumption. How do I make sure that I'm not supporting sweatshops? How do I make sure that I'm not supporting companies that have invested in things which are ethically problematic. Now, based on this principle, how do I ensure that I'm not a gentrifier? Like, we can take this idea now and expand it and expand it and expand it. And this is what I was trying to allude to earlier in the khutbah. How can we live faith through its principles? Imam al-Mawardi, rahimahullah, he mentions one beautifully, to think about your consumption and to think about how Allah honored you with the ability to intellectually appreciate that great taste in the Hyderabadi biryani. <laughs> he didn't say Hyderabadi. The second thing he said is the ability to communicate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala karrama bani adama bil kalam wal khat. The ability to speak and the ability to write. A few centuries later, Imam al-Maqdisi, he comes and he expands this idea. We have to be careful of the notion that everything in religion is already done. You know, Sayyidina Imamana, Imam Ibn Khaldun, commenting on the statement of Al-Ghazali, because we have to appreciate Al-Ghazali is a Neoplatonist, so he has a Platonic view of the world, and sometimes this impacts his attitude towards the masses. It's a very decrepit attitude. We find this sometimes in some Islamic religious leadership who looks at the masses as like a lost herd who have nothing to offer. Uh, Imam Ibn Khaldun and Imam Ibn Malik, Jamaluddin Ibn Malik, Al Andalusi, they have said, They, they mention the statement of Sayyidina Imam Al Ghazali that the, the, the first generation left nothing for us. They said, This is the worst thing that was ever said in history. Because the Prophet وسلم, he said, Al that the good will be in my community till the end of time. And if we shut the door of religious ingenuity, then people are going to become stale and no longer find that religion is applicable to their life. But we took one verse, mashallah, and from Rikers to Forever 21 to buying Adidas to consuming things made of plastic. We just went on a, a, a trip with that one verse. And that's a challenge for our community to be brave enough to have ingenuity. And he mentions communication. Imam al-Maqdisi in his time, he comes 200 years after Imam al-Mawardi, he said, 
This includes like, you know, sending pigeons. That's, that's how communication had grown, right? So now they would probably tell us, don't be an internet troll. Don't share fake news. Don't bully people online. Don't intimidate people on Minder. <laughs> I'm serious. I get this complaint every week that people are sending disgusting pictures to people on Minder. It's not funny, it's so sad. And if that was your son or your daughter that someone had done that to, or your mother, or your father, you wouldn't laugh. But how do we communicate in recognizing that my communication is an attempt to honor human beings? To be someone of honor, as the Prophet said, And he mentions four more. He talks about environmental responsibility in his own language. That Allah has subjugated the earth and the water and the trees and the air for us as Khalifa to use, but to use responsibility. Responsibly. So, mashallah, just want us to think about as we head into 2020 and we see the world really teetering into two political constructions. It's very important that we do not identify ourselves strictly within the constructions of the left or the right. We are a prophetic community that is emancipated from the constructions of dunya by sacred constructions. Doesn't mean also we don't have allies, but I don't buy into the ethos of that, those allies to the point that that becomes the foundation of my religious interpretation. No, my sacred text, first and foremost, are my foundation. And then everything else is secondary. So now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we move forward in 2020, and we know the language is going to get a little bit hot, allow us to be a community that seeks to heal the hearts of people, that identifies the honor of men and women. And that's why Sheikh al-Rashid al-Banushi, one of the great scholars who was formerly the head of Tunis after the uh, peaceful revolution there, the nonviolent insurrection, he wrote in 1983 that if people, Muslim men, are truly going to take this principle correctly, they have to work on behalf of their Muslim sisters to make sure that they're not mistreated, abused, silenced, or shut down in Muslim institutions and communities and states in the name of religion because the Quran says, So not only can we inject this into our political lives or our social lives, we can also use these principles for critical reflection in evaluating the failures in our own lives, the successes, as well as those in our institutions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters all over the world. We pray in particular for our brothers and sisters in India. We see now that the idea of takreem bani Adam, honoring human beings, is, is, is weakened by many states in the world. We think about the number of black people incarcerated in this country. We need to speak with a religious voice against this injustice because we believe in the, the takreem of Bani Adam. So we see in India intersectionality with what's happening here, what's happening in Palestine, what's happening in Africa, what's happening in Myanmar, what's happening, happening in South America. We pray for the oppressed. And we remind ourselves that the Prophet said, Fear the prayer of the oppressed, because nothing comes between it and God. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us use our greatest talents and to develop our greatest talents 
and become the most successful in our field for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our families and our children. Ask Allah to bless and forgive our parents. We ask Allah for those of us who may have struggles at home with our parents or our loved ones. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heal those challenges and help us come together, inshaAllah. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless those who may be struggling with anxiety, depression, or sadness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help you overcome that challenge and make us be there for you, inshaAllah. We pray for this country that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us be prophetic leaders and examples in the face of so many challenges. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our brothers and sisters in Kashmir. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to pray for our brothers and sisters in Syria and Palestine. We pray for our brothers and sisters in this country. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to strengthen them and help them and help them. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wassalamu ala al-Mursali wa alhamdulillahi wa rabbil alamin.